Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Turtles, because their shell is a bowl for soup. Their shell is a bowl for soup. Show me another animal make its own utensils. You could use a turtle mouth as a spoon. Anyway, uh, (laughs) we have a great episode for you. I'm going to give you this warning up top real quick and fast for you. Um, This is a great episode, a great look into the explanations of Mardi Gras, similar to our Halloween episode. Um, And also, if you like the voodoo episode, you might like this as well. But for the first about half of the episode, we're just talking, all right? We haven't seen each other. We haven't been able to catch up. I drank two bottles of wine last night. Paige had an alcohol in New Orleans. Um, I'm still feeling it. (laughs) What happens when you drink after you're 35? (laughs) We're just chilling. So I think it's a good episode. I think you're really going to like it. But it's a very chill episode. And I want you to remember we recorded this the day that Travis Kelsey proposed to Taylor Swift. Um, and the I don't day know. That the 49ers made that pact with Satan to win the Super Bowl. Oh my God. We'll see oh what my happens. God. Here's, <laughs> look, here's the thing we are actually recording this before the Super Bowl. My hope is that the 49ers lose and he proposes still to Taylor Swift and she says no. Nothing in this world would make me happier than that plot. <laughs> and then bu- just a mutually assured destruction yes. on both sides. Yes. It's all I want. And if it happens, I, I'm going to fucking make a million dollars because I put two cents down on it. Uh, it's too specific. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. This is great. If you want to help support this show, <laughs> maybe not this episode, but the show in general, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Uh, if you want to listen to my voice, you can listen to me on Rooster Teeth Podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, if you like Paige, you can listen to Horror Virgin. You can listen to Romancing the Pod. And you can go see one of her shows. Uh, go yes. follow Paige. On January 22nd in Culver City, California. There you go. And yeah, without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. 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 For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I am the immaculately hungover Armando Torres. And with us we have poetry for Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Before we started recording, Paige and I were talking about how... Slim Shady himself, Eminem, should go into poetry. Yes. Um, he's become such a skilled, talented rapper. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, you've ascended. You no longer have to do it. You're a legend. Right. Now go into poetry because I don't want to read your shit anymore. No. Uh, yeah, I, I like here's the thing. I do. I do want to read your shit or see you perform it as a spoken word art form. I just don't necessary i'm not gonna vibe to it in my car you know what yeah I mean? i'm not gonna be on my way to work listening to i got a four inch door hinge and it's orange i don't want it it's too much and i don't like it uh but we started talking about poetry Sorry, that, that, that m&m impression was it was shockingly good it was like i didn't know it was gonna come out of me <laughs> it till it did. did it just did it reminds me of the best m&m impression i've ever seen is Taryn kill him on snl oh yeah where he and jay farrow did a valentine's song that was nice to the ladies and then they would just cut out whatever parts weren't nice and so at one point he literally is just silent for like 30 seconds of the track and then just goes knife. And it's one of my favorite <laughs> jokes of all time. It's so great. 
Oh my God, that's incredible. So we <laughs> we were talking about poetry, to which I asked Paige a, a question that only makes sense in this modern time of ours. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did you see the poem that Josh Brolin wrote for Timothy Chalamet on the set of Dune 2? To which you replied, not. yeah, to which you replied, I think, huh? What? Just a genuine, <laughs> excuse me? So, Paige, I would like to read this uh, this poem to you. This is by Josh Brolin. Uh, I would like written to receive for Timothy, it. Thank you. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, on the set of Dune 2. <clears throat> Dune 2, uh, colon, Dune your mom. <laughs> All right. Your face is etched by adolescence. Your cheekbones jump toward what are youth-laden eyes that slide down a prominent nose and onto lips of a certain poetry. And the way you hold my gaze makes me fear my own age because something in me tells me you're going to offer me something and for now i'm not sure it's going to be something i want anymore i did however read timothy chalamet's reply i think you're probably (laughs) familiar with it it's cling 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 oh you capping cling 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 oh you capping drip splash water drip splash water drip splash water yeah, uh, yeah. Thank Timothy you. Chalamet said, uh, you "Bitch, you think you the shit? You're not even a fart." And then started twerking. <laughs> you never love me, mom. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> wow, that is a lot to think about. Your young, uh, I guess he's not a teenager, huh? I guess he's in his early twenties. Co-star. I don't feel like it matters. I feel like the difference is still a little upsetting. Let's see, Timothy. Chalamet, age. I just feel like that that poem sounds like Josh Brolin sat there and just stared at him for a long time. Timothy Chalamet uh, is, let's see, four, 15 days older than me. Oh, okay. So mid-20s. Yeah. This is, see... I feel like I've talked about it on the show before, but what I get really upset about is uh, Timothy Chalamet, 15 days older than me. Tom Mm -hmm. Holland, six months younger than me. Zendaya, about five months younger than me. All of these people in my exact age, everyone goes, yeah, they're Gen Z. Yeah, they can play teenagers. And then I look like me, and that (laughs) sucks for me. That's awful. Today, I was writing a sketch with somebody else talking about how I could probably play like a senior in high school for the sketch we were writing and they were everyone was silent and then went why wouldn't you just play the teacher i mean you feel (laughs) you feel like you have mad teacher energy and so that's where i'm at in my life but you know what you know it could be worse you know who's six months older than me post malone so it could always get worse wow God, he looks like 47. Yeah. Uh, that's If it makes you feel better, I, I re- this is the second recording of the day. I recorded uh, Romancing the Pod earlier today, and it was a Tyler Perry movie. And in the movie, Tyler Perry says, I'm 36. And my response was, in dog years? And then we researched <laughs> it, and he was 37 when he filmed that movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> You have looked 30 since you were 18, though. So, like, just putting that out there. I know you already know this, but... I think it's the beard. That's the other thing. If I shaved, I would have the face of a a youth, of a ute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of a small child. Yeah, I... You haven't had not a beard for a long time. And I bet almost all the people at Rooster Teeth have never seen you without a beard. And so they don't know the drastic difference the beard makes. Yeah, most people are unfamiliar with baby-faced Armando. Uh, Truly, truly an era of my life I hope to never go back to unless I really need to play... I guess Timothy Chalamet's bully or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who's like slapping lunch trays out of Tom Holland's hand in the next, you know, (laughs) Spider-Man movie. Oh, my God. What I wouldn't give for that. That would be so good. (sighs) (laughs) I just remember that there was a guy in the audience of one of the Spider-Man movies that vaguely looked like you. And the day after that movie came out, we had like a million DMs of like, Armando was in Spider-Man. And I'm like, do you think like if we had Spider-Man money, mm-hmm. like do you like we love you? Do you think this would still all the time? Like, no, our lives would be drastically different. Maybe that was me in Spider-Man. I didn't. I haven't. <laughs> here's the thing. I'm fucking tell you. I know it wasn't time, you. 
every time somebody pitches that, like, hey, were you in Spider-Man? I go, I'm glad you saw the movie. And then I just, like, let it go. You never... <laughs> Never confirm nor deny. People keep sending me this Funko Pop ad like, oh, you did a Funko Pop I know. ad? And I respond every time. I'm just like, it's good to meet a fan. You know, <laughs> just. I Here's what's so crazy is I got that same Funko Pop ad and I was like, oh, it must be for custom Funko Pops. And, and I am being algorithm targeted because I know Armando. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, no, that's just the ad. Everyone's getting that ad. Yep. AI just likes you, I guess, because I'm almost <laughs> guarantee AI generated that Funko Pop. Oh, I don't like that because that means they put in a, like fucking dork nerd, and that's what popped out was <laughs> my generic fucking face. hipster of indiscriminate cultural origin. <laughs> and then it was Armando and Torres. Then it was Armando uh, Torres. God, oh, uh, Paige, I'll be honest with you. I had two bottles of wine last night. I drank two <laughs> bottles of wine. I made some vodka sauce. I had a very romantic date with my partner. Um, oh. I wrote her a poem that started with, your face is etched by adolescence, your cheekbones. <laughs> and Jump. ended with, oh, you capping. Drip, splash, water, drip, splash, water, drip. Uh, uh, that's how you avoid, by the way, that's how you avoid the worms in, on the dune planet is you drip, splash, <laughs> splash water. water, drip, splash, water, drip, splash, water. Oh. And, or, or you do the weird skirt, skirt arm movement <laughs> that I can't do. Uh, uh, I'm not good at it. It's been a wild morning. I went out. I got some brunch. Brunch kind of brought me back to life. Um, and yeah, now I'm I'm truly uh hey buddy, I'm truly feeling twenty-eight. <laughs> and I don't I, know about you, but I'm fucking I'm feeling twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I'm fucking through. I'm yeah. done with this shit. Get me out of here, bitch. Please. Please. Uh I had uh the first hangover I've had in like two or three years, uh, because I was in New Orleans this week. Oh, mama, that is the worst. Oh, God. My body was like, bitch, what did you do? <laughs> and then I stared at a giant biscuit the next day at breakfast as Evanescence's bring, <laughs> wake me up inside play. Just like, bring me to life. Anyway, uh, yes, I spent the week in, in New Orleans for day job work. In haunted ass New Orleans haunted ass new orleans uh if if you were watching my instagram stories i documented parts of it like a real estate sign that advertised that a place was haunted (laughs) also like advertised it the same way you would advertise like a fucking has hot tub yeah (laughs) yeah great room open concept haunted super haunted i'm sorry what in unit laundry haunted (laughs) (laughs) in unit victorian child haunted no longer will you have to go out to the community ghosts you can have ghosts at home (laughs) communal bad vibes Um. (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i was very tickled by that which is how because here's the thing I just got back from New Orleans. It is Super Bowl Sunday as we are mm-hmm. recording this. So this is going to be part travel catch up, part mini fun episode that doesn't have a lot of serious sources because it's going to be a lot of conjecture and discussion. We're going to have fun with it. I hope that's fine. Um, yeah, until we get to a, a new series next week. Yeah, it's a super chill episode, mostly because last week I was uh, stuck producing and starring in a live stream for Rooster Teeth. Um in which I made two of our mascots fight to the death with knives. Love a it. thing that they d- did not initially want me to do. And then I <laughs> I kind of, if I was to describe it, it was kind of like wearing down our legal department until they were a tired single mom who went, mm-hmm. fine, fuck it. I don't care anymore. Fucking em- fight to the death. Make them do it. Who gives you shit, Armando? You're going to do what you want to do anyway. And so, like, there were so many conceits. At one point, we were just going to fully sing in in its entirety My Way by Frank Sinatra. And they went, you can't do that. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't have the rights. <laughs> and I kept sending emails back, like, who's going to sue us? Frank Sinatra? I'm pretty sure he's dead. And they were like, <laughs> the that's The estate not- of Frank Sinatra would definitely sue you. But that's not how copyright works. Yeah. It doesn't just 
Oh, man. There's a lot of messages from me to legal and producers just being like, I'm pretty sure we could beat Frank Sinatra's ghost in a legal battle, and them being very upset about me making these jokes. Oh, my God. So instead what we did was we got... um, We got uncopyrighted music from a like a uh, royalty free website, and then uh, the lyrics, all of the lyrics to the song are other famous songs <laughs> to a different tune. Yeah, it's just, first of all that would be so hard to learn. So applause oh, yeah. to whoever did that. <laughs> it was uh, Caroline Constar, who uh, is just fucking great. Caroline Grossman, who's part of Best Friends Today, who. If you like my fucked up sense of humor, go check out Best Friends today because they're really good. Anyway, it was awesome. That part of the stream was great. Uh, She was singing the song, really belting at her heart out. At one point, she does sing the ending part of My Way, (laughs) haunting. And I don't mean like beautiful haunting. She is screaming. She sounds like (laughs) Natasha Leone, just fucking belting out My Way. And in the background, there's Will and Sammy, our two friends, uh, who are being backup dancers. And we just keep throwing shirts at them that they have to put on until they each had like 25 shirts on. (laughs) So they're just like, at at the end, they're just full arms out. Yeah, they look like me, just fucking (laughs) wobbling around trying to dance. Just flop sweat. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was such a good time. If you missed it on this past Friday, we're going to post it as a VOD, probably on the Rooster Teeth site. And if I edit enough of it, they told me I can post it on YouTube. Nice. Uh, So that's what I've been busy with. Um, And then uh, Paige was getting fucking possessed in New Orleans. I was Um, looking for a new haunted condo. Uh, (laughs) I want it to have in-unit laundry, uh, a great room with cased wall openings, but also a poltergeist, but also like a spa bathroom. Uh, Yeah, I I was in New Orleans uh, during... Mardi Gras (laughs) full on Mardi Gras dude Uh, because work booked it and they didn't know when Mardi Gras was Uh, and so I I ended up there in the middle of Mardi Gras shout outs to Gabrielle who took me around and got me amazing local food the first like day I was there that was the best food I had the whole time and I texted you uh, from New Orleans to express a very controversial opinion that I would like to bring to this podcast where we don't seem to fancy the French much. Um, <laughs> controversial okay. statement. I've been to Paris a handful of times. You've been to Paris. A I've been to Paris. I've been to France. I've, I've, I've seen, seen many people's underpants. I've seen the underpants. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans is cooler than Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Way 100%. better time. Yeah. Way better time. The people Holy are cow. the people are just as a whole so much nicer. Uh, yes, everyone can, in New Orleans wants you to have the best time and will tell you as many recommendations as they can to make sure you enjoy their city. And it's such a different vibe from Paris, where they're just annoyed that you dared to go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh. it, it's it's such a good time in New Orleans. I love it so much. You can basically drink anywhere. Um, also, P- Paris, like no Waffle Houses. Almost, I would say, zero Waffle Houses. <laughs> zero Waffle Houses in Paris. New Orleans, a fair amount of Waffle Houses. A fair houses. amount of Waffle Houses. I didn't go to one. Uh, I, I went other places. I was on a beignet ex- exploration. Um, yeah. Beignet. Uh, I, but because it was Mardi Gras, I was supposed to have a rental car and I showed up to pick it up. And mind you, it was booked weeks in advance. And they were like, we just don't have any cars. We don't, we don't have any. What did they, we have one float. You have to drive it through <laughs> you Mardi Gras. You have to Gras. drive a parade float. Um, <laughs> no, they had, they had one Tesla, which if it had been in Los Angeles, I'd drive a Tesla. But in New Orleans, I was like, where do you even recharge this? And they were like, well, I don't know. And they're like, also, it's an extra $500 of insurance because it's a Tesla. And I was like, y'all go fuck yourselves. So I was on foot for three days. Uh <laughs> And walked like 20 miles. I was like end of the day Disneyland level of sore the entire time. But I did take a ghost tour. Um, 
Now, which I got some of the information for our kind of mini episode after our catch up uh, from that ghost tour because I went based on last podcast on the left's recommendation with uh, French Quarter Phantoms Mm -hmm. and they were amazing. Uh, and they had an option to select a child-free tour. Oh. So you could, like, have a tour with no kids late at night that served alcohol. <laughs> Mamma mia. Uh, which That's... is how I ended up with a hangover. But <laughs> I did, I selected that tour because here's here's the thing. I understand why people want to take kids on a ghost tour, especially in a city like New Orleans where there's maybe not as much stuff for kids to do. I get it. But people forget that a ghost tour is basically walking around a dark city where everything is closed in the cold while receiving a history lecture, which like for me, great for a child. Not so much as Jake and I found out on our honeymoon when we went on a ghost tour in Colonial Williamsburg and multiple families brought all their children and full blown ruined it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was like the worst. So I paid extra to have a child-free tour, but that meant that it was literally me, one other lady exactly my age and build, uh, who also paid to have a child-free tour, and our tour guide, who was a lifelong resident of the French Quarter, who was like, oh, it's just the two of you? We're going to go see cool shit, and just went off book, and it was Catherine, my tour guide, shouts out to Catherine. She is the best. We had a great time. We drank the whole way. She like took us through all kinds of stuff and then ended at the LaLaurie mansion where they have to end. But like fantastic. Cannot recommend it highly enough. I know you went and you and Andrea back in the day loved your tour. I don't know who yeah. you went with. But. We, 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 I don't remember the name of it. I think we just found a ghost tour. That was what I was going to say is when Andrea and I went, we went on, I believe... I I really think it was on Thanksgiving when we it went. It was on Thanksgiving Day. I do remember yeah. this. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one else had signed up for the tour. So it was us and this other guy named Laszlo who fucking rocked. Just showed up in a top hat and a duster and was the coolest guy I'd ever seen. Um, He was awesome. And he was like, yeah, I can give you a refund. And we were like... <laughs> Laszlo, buddy, we're taking this fucking tour, dude. Yeah, no, we're going. (laughs) I paid good money for this. Now let me go on this tour. I also like that you were like, yeah, the adult tour comes like has the opportunity to buy alcohol. This is so fucking stupid. The entire time you were talking, the only thing in my head was, I've heard of spirits, high spirits, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) This is ridiculous. (laughs) Fucking so dumb. Yeah, we went on the ghost tour. It was just us, and uh, they had several different points where you could stop and buy a drink, and I kept trying to convince Laszlo to get fucked up with us. Yeah, Catherine wouldn't drink with us either, but she did. She was like, I'm supposed to take you to this bar because this is where like the tour stops. She's like, but you guys seem cool, so I'm going to take you to this bar that the locals go to. So she took us like off-road to this other place that was amazing. Yeah. Um, yes. That's Shouts what, out to Catherine. That's, that's what Laszlo did only on the third time that I can. I finally convinced him to drink with us. He took off his tour badge <laughs> and was like, all right, but we're not going here. We got to go over here. And we went to a different bar across the street where they all knew him. He was like spooky yeah, yeah. Norm from Cheers or whatever. <laughs> And um, it was it was so fucking awesome. Uh, we had a blast. I had no less than two drinks in my hand at all time. Got fucking plastered. Wouldn't have even recognized a ghost if I saw one. And then at the end of the tour, we, which ended really early because we made great time. It was three people walking. Yeah, um, yeah, that was same with us. Yeah. And he was like, okay, cool. Well, that was the end of the tour. Sorry it ended so soon. And we were like, Laszlo, buddy. You know one of any other spooky haunted places? And he looked to his left and he looked to his right. And then he took off his badge and took (laughs) off our like tour guide or tour taker badges Uh and was like, all right, follow me. And then (laughs) took us to a different location to look at more haunted places. And it was like, why are these the spots you're not allowed to show? (laughs) I So the cool thing about Catherine is like, 
or, and the tour company that we went with, and it was one of those things where like, once I got into the tour, I was like, I know why Marcus likes these people. Cause it's less a ghost tour and more a true crime and history tour yeah. that they're also like, that'd probably cause a ghost. Right. Uh, so like, but they let her choose which places she wants to take people. So like, I get, I'm assuming they learn about a number of places in the city and then she grew up there. And so she would like walk us to a place and talk about it, walk us to a place and talk about it. And then there were other tour groups and she's like, ah, fuck what they're seeing. We're going to go see this over here and would like walk us to other places. It was amazing. Like I would book a private tour with her the next time I go back. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for the child free tour. (laughs) (laughs) We later found out that Laszlo was taking us on parts of the vampire and werewolf tour. Yeah. Um, We got to go on a, a, a little smidge of the vampire tour while we were out yeah yeah it was really i i liked it a lot i um when i was a kid we went to tombstone uh tombstone arizona um, i've been to tombstone yeah and they they took us on a, a ghost tour of this building that was supposedly haunted and it was the first time i had ever been presented with the premise of a ghost tour and mm-hmm. i remember at the end of the tour like telling my mom we needed to get my money back because we had not seen a ghost and my mom was like no you fucking idiot <laughs> that's not that's not how this works and i was that's... like no they said it was a ghost tour i i literally thought it was going to be like a zoo for ghosts like they were like here's how you see this ghost and i was like i can't Just a bunch of victorian children in their natural habitat yes that's what I thought it was going to be. I was so blown away. I was like, because I used to watch the like ghost adventures guys. And I was like, why don't they come here? They have the ghosts. <laughs> They're right here. Why are they looking for ghosts? Wait, are they looking for ghosts to bring them back to the tour? Uh... Are they fucking Ghostbusters? Because that's oh. the, oh my God. Yeah, I, I thought that they had fucking Tiger King for ghosts and that they kept them in these houses, 13 ghost style. And mm. I was going to go in and look at them. And I remember being so disappointed. And then I never wanted to take a ghost tour again. And then Andrea wanted to in New Orleans. And I was like, fine, I guess I'll take a ghost tour, whatever. I don't know if you know this. They don't have ghosts. They just <laughs> tell you about where there might be ghosts. And then somebody put two giant sugary alcoholic beverages in my hand. And I went, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it now. I understand this. Yeah, the ghosts were the alcohols I drank along the way. Yep. Yeah. Well, and so I'm I don't know if the drinks were the same on yours. On ours they were two for one hurricanes. Yep. 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 Yeah, that they made in giant jugs and just poured into and it was fully just Kool-Aid and tequila. Yeah. yeah. Like hardcore. And then we stopped and got like better drinks or whatever. But it was basically just walking around with a light buzz on while they're like, "Here's some horrible parts of American history." And you're just like, I was prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, and I'm drinking drinks that may, would make fucking Jimmy Buffett blush. <laughs> You're telling me about the worst murder ever, and I'm like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> oh, anyway, so based on that, my bizarre experience of the week, uh, because I had not a ton to do outside of work and I was there alone, um, we are going to be talking about the origins of Mardi Gras and Mardi Gras cruise. K-R-E-W-E. Cruise. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like a cruise that ended with Mardi Gras or I thought you meant Terry Cruz's fun-loving older brother, Marty. Marty. <laughs> Marty Gras. That's Gras. his middle name. Cruise. Cruise. Yeah, no. Uh, Marty, Mardi Gras cruise. Uh, most of you, if you are familiar at all with Mardi Gras, will know them as the Groups of people that plan parades and put on parades, build floats, etc. They're kind of like social clubs, but they have a very interesting history. I did see one uh, while I was there after the ghost tour is because me and my friend, the ghost tour just like leaves you in the middle of the French Quarter. They're like, tour's over. Have a good night. And you're like. I guess I'm drunk and finding my way back. Uh, and so as we were walking, that's how they ensure they'll have more ghosts. Right. They're just like, we got to, I mean, make more of them. It's not like infinite amount of ghosts. Uh, we, we walked back towards bourbon street. And as we were kind of making our way down, 
we passed a crew who had just finished their ball and had just crowned their king and queen and were making a processional down bourbon to the bar where they were going to have their after party with the full band and everything in the street. And we were like, what is happening? Cause we're like drunk in the middle of a mini parade and we're like, what is happening? Tell us. And we pulled somebody aside and one of the crew members was like, this is what's happening. They're on their way to this party. Feel free to join them. Just join the processional. Uh, and so we walked with them like, and everyone dances in the street. It's super fun. But of course that leads me down a Google hole and that's where we end up today. So are you ready? Yes. Sources are minimal because there's a lot of conjecture. There is some that is official, uh, but most of these people are dead. I'm not worried about them suing us. And we're going to kind of yada, yada, yada through a lot of stuff because this is more of a fun episode. Than OK. Anything. All right. So when I say Frank Sinatra's dead, he can't sue us. It's dumb. But when you're doing it, oh, it's suddenly fine. Look, no, because you're singing Frank Sinatra's music, the mm -hmm. publishing rights of which I'm sure are owned by other people. But if I stood here and said, Frank Sinatra loved to fuck funnel cakes. <laughs> Nobody's going to sue me over that, most likely. Don't you fucking snitch. I don't know. Don't you fucking snitch I to just, Frank Sinatra about his funnel cakes. I just, I feel like, for what is a man? You know, what has he got? If not himself, then he's not. That's all I'm saying. Not to say the thing that he truly feels. And not the words of someone who kneels. I just let the record show. I took all the blows and I did it my way. Are you happy? No. Are you happy now? <laughs> Pretty much no. I triggered my own headache with my own loud voice. No. Uh, all this to say also, uh, these, we will talk a little bit about uh, some of these groups that are secret societies and a lot of stuff is historically documented in newspapers etc a lot of people disagree so we're going to cover a couple different versions of of the stories we've heard um but i wouldn't necessarily call this cults i feel like it's got a lot of elements of things that we're familiar with but people are voluntarily joining and leaving as they choose uh but it does have things like racism and white supremacy what's oh. up of course it does it's a cult podcast episode um <laughs> And fun historical religious talk. So let's dig into it. So in order to understand where Mardi Gras crews come from, we have to understand where Mardi Gras comes from. And we have, because we did an episode on uh, voodoo and the history of New Orleans uh, in the past, feel free to go back and listen to that. Uh, but we've also done... Uh, some episodes on like the history of Halloween and things like that. And a lot of that deals with religious syncretization. And that is a huge component of what we're going to talk about today. So when we think of Mardi Gras, as we know it in the United States, because that's a, an important distinction to make, it is based on uh, older European celebrations, which are actually based on older celebrations than that mixed with other cultural elements that we will get to in just a second. A lot of people believe that Mardi Gras is actually a bit of a spinoff from a Roman holiday, an ancient Roman holiday called Lupercalia. Uh, and I'll explain why in just a little bit. But the thing you need to know about Lupercalia is that uh, it was a celebration in which people would sacrifice animals in the cave that Romulus and Remus were allegedly weaned in. And that's uh, if you're familiar with ancient Rome. Those are the two kind of dog wolf brethren that then are the fathers of Rome. Um, okay. Inside Rome, there are two wolves. Inside Rome, there are two wolves sucking on titties. And, <laughs> and there's a statue to it. And at that statue, they would often sacrifice a goat and a dog uh, and then take the skin of those animals and they would do laps through the city completely nude in a processional and they would hit people with the strips of flesh from the sacrifices and those that like whipping the hitting people would supposedly bring about fertility 
uh, or marriage if you were unmarried. So people would like run out to like reach their hands out to get whipped by these skins. Uh, it's not a hundred percent that this is where a lot of this comes from, but part of the reason think people think that this is where some of the origins of Mardi Gras and carnival celebrations come from is because this was occurring around the time that Christianity starts to become the more dominant religion in Rome. And the problem with Christianity, and I say this as someone who practices not enough holidays, we need more holidays, more feast days, more parades, more things to do, more times for potlucks, more times for appetizers. You heard it here. Christianity needs more holidays. Now, I feel like you guys already have a lot. You have Christmas, you have, have Easter, Christmas and Easter. You have the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. You have uh, appetizer holiday of the year. Yeah, you, God, you have so many. The Grammys, <laughs> the uh, Grammys, <laughs> the Country Music Awards. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, there is an important <laughs> distinction to make here. Uh, Catholicism actually has more holidays. So like the, the version of Protestantism that I was raised in doesn't have any of the holidays that we're about to talk about today. Catholicism does. And also the, the version of Protestantism that I married into has some of the holidays. It's like an in-betweener. Uh, but at the time, early Christianity, not enough holidays. They're mostly like, what's our main thing? Jesus? Okay, so the day he was born which honestly doesn't get celebrated at that time until later. Uh, and the when he died, which again, you know, who keeps track of what days those were? So what a lot of religious leaders did at the time and a lot of political leaders who were aligned with Christianity is they would try to align Christian holidays, new holidays at the time, with holidays that already existed. So that's why a lot of people uh, link Christmas to like Yule and Saturnalia because it would basically be whatever culturally was the winter holiday um, and Easter to the equinoxes and the solstices. So like that's where we get a lot of these Christian holidays that maybe don't have a biblical basis but do seem to, you know, magically coincide with like, oh, that's also the Mithras, you know, celebration. Interesting. Yeah. We covered this in our uh, Halloween episode that we yes. did a couple years back, um, the live show episode. Uh, but I, what what we talked about then and what I think now still is very funny to me is that they're basically just doing rebrands. Yes, like, 100%. They're just, they're just like, it's, I don't know. This is the equivalent of like when McDonald's makes a meme. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, yes. well, uh, we were already having fun with whatever that fucking uh old timey thing was and we the already pagan had holiday. pointing spider-man and now that you've used it it's ruined <laughs> yeah but i guess it'll be what we all remember fine uh mardi gras as we know it today modern day has gone through no less than three rebrands <laughs> as a holiday Sick. And this is just kind of the first known one that we think maybe this is it. So uh, Lupercalia was celebrated in mid-February, and it was kind of a holiday to get us out of winter and into spring. Um, okay. Now, what this ends up translating to in the Catholic calendar is uh, carnival season runs from Twelfth Night to Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's carnival season. And it's essentially the, end, the, the kind of tail end of winter into the beginning of spring. And it kicks off Lent. Now, Lent is a 40 days of fasting because Jesus fasted in the desert. Again, made up events so that we have something to do. Um so, like, you know, it's like, I don't know, we need 40 days before this next holiday that we're copying. And it's like about this much. So how about we base it on when Jesus was in the desert and fasted for 40 days? So we'll, you know, do Lent, which is basically you remove something from your life for 40 days. Chocolate, coffee, something like that. Yeah, you fucking edge with your vice. I get it. I did not know that it was because Jesus was fasting for 40 days. Yeah, 40 days in the desert. 
that doesn't sound helpful. It sounds like something Joe Rogan would talk about doing. <laughs> um, I we never celebrated Lent growing up because we're not Catholic. Um, mm-hmm. it's so Protestants don't necessarily do it. Some do, some don't. It, it's a mixed bag depending on your flavor of Protestantism. Um, but as an adult, what I find slightly more helpful if you're going to do it is to instead of just like oh I'm just not going to do do coffee to do something mindful like I'm going to add a mindfulness thing to my life for those days and see if that improves I don't know to each their own anyway Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday Shrove Tuesday is meant to be the last day that you can consume fatty things and decadent things before going into Lent. Now, again, this is a Catholic holiday. Catholicism exists in many different places in many different iterations. So it's actually known by other names in other places. So a lot of places in the UK call it Pancake Day, which I think is really fun because they have pancakes that day because they're fatty and decadent. Um, I mean, I I feel like you could get a lot fattier and more decadent. Have you guys tried beignets? Because like beignets though. Exactly. Literally any food available in New Orleans is much more fatty than a pancake. They're really fucking up over there. Oh, man. I mean, New Orleans food like and it's not served to you by a rude French waiter. It really is great. Um, So that's the basis that we have for where this comes from. Now, part of the reason that they embrace Lupercalia is because Christianity can seem kind of dour because up until this point, we've got the birth of of Jesus that we're kind of coupling together with Saturnalia and then full nothing until a giant fast. And then we're celebrating when Jesus died. So like kind of a downer, right? This is meant to be an exciting substitute to be like, hey, It's time to celebrate. God has made us joyful. The world is fun. Celebrate. Because I don't know if you know, Romans love their celebrations. Pretty tough sell to have them be like, hey, what if you didn't do any of that and then you fasted? They're not going to go along with it. Yeah. And I I knew that about Romans. I don't know if you heard this page, but I drank two bottles of wine last night. So how very Roman of you. (laughs) I'm a bit of a Roman empire myself. Myself. I don't know about you, but I drank two hurricanes and a really good old fashioned. So like a little bit of a Roman empire myself. Um, Anyway, so that's where we get carnival season in general in the Catholic church, or at least that's where many people think we did. Uh, There are differing opinions, of course, uh, but many people think it's this. And I feel like that is consistent with a lot of other Christian holidays that kind of start out that way. So carnival season, depending on where you are at, starts at some point after Christmas, usually on 12th night. 12th night is 12 days after Christmas. Uh, So it's the 5th or the 6th of January, uh, right before Epiphany. Epiphany is the day that the wise men bring the gifts to Jesus. Again, these are all holidays I did not grow up with in my brand of Jesus. So it's kind of fun that other people have them. That's cool. Um, and for a long time, Carnival or Carnival is celebrated from Twelfth Night to Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent for hundreds of years uh, in various forms, uh, different tribal celebrations, different cultural celebrations, but essentially it's this idea of doing happy, pleasant, celebratory things before we're going to get serious for Lent. Now, what happens in the 1600s? All of those Europeans end up on our side of the globe. committing various genocides, selling various other people, and most importantly, forcing most indigenous people or people that they had brought from their homes to the air quotes new world, forcing them to adopt Catholicism and Christianity. Now, that's where we get our second rebrand of these holidays, or at least the rebrand that exists in the United States and doesn't always exist overseas. You look like you have a question. 
I have a few. I think that my biggest question is that you've said now like five times Carnival, which Carnival. to me to me is isn't that like a cruise line? Carnival cruise lines uh exist. Uh Carnival is how they say carnival in Brazil and Spain and a couple other places that also celebrate these holidays. Oh, okay. I feel like I've heard of Carnival as like a live show or like a cruise line or something before. Maybe like an ice cream. I don't know. So I've That's been Carvel. <laughs> oh, <you're> thinking of... <laughs> the just the, the whale, fudgy the whale at Carvel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, see, that's you know what. <laughs> That could be my last fatty food. That could be your that could be your Mardi Gras food. Um, <laughs> I personally will be making a king cake tomorrow, but sure, yep. yeah, no, that could be your yep. thing. God damn, dude! The realization that I'm thinking of <laughs> of Carvel, <laughs> Carvel. Oh my god, I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was most of the question that I had. The other thing was just more of a comment and not a question of just like, damn, that's fucked up. I hate when this shit happens. I hate when every story we have of just like, yeah, then they wanted to push this shit onto other people. Uh, and the result was f- more fucked up than any yeah. of the previous versions. Of course. So all these people that they are trying to force Christianity upon have their own uh, religious beliefs, cultural beliefs, etc., particularly uh, those of the African diaspora. Uh, now, they do adopt some pieces of uh, Carnival. However, some of their celebrations are more communal-based and in line with existing celebrations they would have had to celebrate harvest, to foster community, things like that. This is where we get some of the traditions of... Uh, there's a tradition for Mardi Gras of going house to house to get ingredients for gumbo and then making a, a huge gumbo for the community. That's something that likely existed in more naturalistic religions or the more, you know, indigenous cultural backgrounds that then gets lumped into Mardi Gras, which they are forced to celebrate because the people, the ruling class, air quotes, of the French territories are obviously French Catholics. Um, now, there is also some shifts because at one point France loses control of that territory to Spain. And Spanish Catholics, although they similarly celebrate those holidays, celebrate them differently. And there's a rift between the two groups over celebration of these holidays. But up through the mid-1800s, it's largely celebrated Community to community. There are some processions in the streets. There's some celebrations outside, but it's usually you celebrating with the people around you. Um, Occasionally, if a governor or somebody rich wanted to throw a ball, they might do that. And that's very reminiscent of how Carnival would be celebrated overseas back home in Europe. And so some of those elements come in. But overall, It is kind of piecemeal. It is however people choose to celebrate in their own way. And then, of course, rich people be doing rich people shit. Uh, All of that changes in the 1800s. Now, in 1856, uh, 21 white businessmen gathered in a club in the French Quarter, uh, believed to be the Pickwick Club. Uh, They had plans to organize a secret society to observe Mardi Gras with a formal parade and ball. So to basically brand Mardi Gras as this formal, posh, if you want to think of it, event and party. And a lot of accounts say that they wanted to give it a, quote, more organized feel than the local French Creole celebrations that were largely consisting of people who were not white and were living in parts of the city that either included uh, people of color who were free or people of color who were enslaved. Uh, And so that's the distinction. There's also some uh, suggestion that one of these 21 men had come from Mobile, Alabama, where Mobile, Alabama has 
Carnival and Mardi Gras as well. Um, and they had established kind of a parade system with mystical societies that were secret societies that were responsible for parades and parade floats uh, and really kind of codified some of the pageantry aspects of Mardi Gras. And it's believed that that man brings that to Louisiana and to New Orleans in 1856, where they start the first, or at least recognized as the first, Mardi Gras crew, Comus, the mystic crew of Comus. So it is uh, a very, very white and decidedly English version of a traditional French festival with local indigenous and syncretized themes. Um, and they begin holding huge parades and a ball uh, that is the talk of the town and you have to be invited to it. Um, it's invite only, it's mask, and it's like the specific event of the season. People would save invitations uh, to the balls because uh, they are very, very beautiful and there's different themes every year. Mm -hmm. If you're really curious, mm -hmm. you can find a list of themes online. Armando, I feel like you have a question. No, I just wanted to hear more about because you said that people were really excited about the balls and how beautiful oh, yeah. the balls you were. You can't ignore the balls. Uh, no, no, the balls are a huge event that you really would be lucky to be. Yeah, the parade is to. one thing, and and the like processional of the parade is one thing, but you cannot forget the balls. Mm -hmm. uh, now, <laughs> they are considered to be one of the longest running parade crews. Uh, from 1856 to 1991. Uh, the only times that they did not participate is in times of war. So through the Civil War, through World War One, through World War II. Um, however, they stop in 1991, as you might have noticed, because there is a, a citywide ordinance that says that all of the groups, uh, and there are other crews as well, um, all of those groups have to publicly assert that they do not discriminate based on race, gender, creed, class, religion, etc. That anyone can potentially join if they want to. Uh, this group declines. <laughs> they decline pretty heavily. <laughs> wow. And decide to no longer parade. They do hold their balls. And in fact, they still hold balls. Uh, cup them. Genderly, gen, gen, gently touch them. Um, but they do not parade anymore. Now that rule is eventually kind of overturned. It's ruled as unconstitutional. Uh, because people should be able to. It's the same reason the KKK still exists. You know. Uh -huh. um, but most other crews are willing to assert like, yes, anyone can join, you know, or whatever. If you meet our cruise requirements, there are now dozens of crews, not all parade. Some of them combine into multiple parades. Some of them have their own parties and balls. Some of them have their own parades. There's also the mystical societies in Alabama that still do theirs. Uh, Komu still has their balls, but they have not paraded since. And mm. so it's one of those things that, they do shape a lot of what the tourist version of Mardi Gras is, I would say, because that's where we get. Uh, and, and to be honest, a lot of this is borrowed from Alabama, but that's where we get the throws from the parade. Uh, it's where we get a lot of the themed costumes, the colors. A lot of that is based in the version of Mardi Gras parades that they establish and then abandon once people are like, hey, this seems kind of racist. Uh, now, I would, I would really like to read you some of the themes because some of them are, are bad. Okay, yeah, I'd love to hear them. I'm sure that they're all super awesome and great and are just as funny as every time you say balls. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, uh, their very first parade in 1857 uh, is based on the demon actors of Milton's Paradise Lost. That's also where they get the name of their crew. Um, 
not as accessible, I would say, but the next year, the classic Pantheon, the Greek Pantheon. Okay. Uh, then we have the English holidays. So that should tell you how white Anglo-Saxon this version of it is, that they're like, we are celebrating a French Catholic holiday with English holidays. Um, then we get into the statues. <laughs> yeah. What what holiday? I guess they have like, what's the opposite of Independence Day? Dependence Day? Where Dependence they just go, Day. we fucking- We just oh. put a bunch of tea on the harbor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we, we write on your country, isn't it? Oh, no. are you coming? Are you coming over for beans on toast day? There's this guy I watch on TikTok, and he has this thing. He's like, "I'm gonna do a series of all the foods that, Brit- <laughs> that Britain does extremely well." And I was like, "So none." <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I, we no. love you, British. We but... love you. If it wasn't for you, the world wouldn't know what gray mush could taste like. Exactly. And we, tr- we truly thank you for that. We do um, love your advances in cheddar. That's mm-hmm. great. Thank you for the cheddar. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for stealing pretty much everything else of value from other communities, countries, and uh, uh, peoples. So, yeah. yeah, keep it up. Yeah, Good yeah, job. yeah. You know, where they keep the, you know where they keep the best dishes Britain ever made? The British Museum with the rest <laughs> of the artifacts from other people. Uh, <laughs> we're just messing with you. We're anyway, just messing with you. You're going to lose a second fucking monarch. the kettle black. <laughs> You're going to lose <laughs> like, a second monarch, you pieces of shit. Oh, I know, because he's not going to. Yeah, that's going to be wild. Yeah, yeah. But we're just kidding. We're just joking around. Anyway, uh, in 1860, we have statues of great men in our country. statues like the theme is statues Uh um now uh for the next few years in 1862 to 1866 or 1865 there's no parade that is the civil war um (laughs) but if you're curious about how they felt about the outcome of the civil war you need look no further than some of the themes in the years right after in 1870 the theme is the history of louisiana from 1539 to 1815 mm-hmm. um there is also uh most famously probably the most offensive uh is 1873 the missing links to darwin's origin of the species which was intended to be a commentary on what they perceived to be the disparate value between people of color and white people um yeah, uh, but then 1877, their theme was, any guesses? What year was it again? 1877. I don't know. The Probably. Aryan race. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. I Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, now, they do, a couple years later, their theme is the Aztec people, uh, but then they're right back into the myths of Northland, so North myth- Norse mythology. Um they then have no parades uh, from 1885 to 1889. Um, now, during that time, parades did happen. It was just another crew, Proteus, took it over. Now, Proteus uh, ends up actually taking, kind of taking over um, because they they end up coming out and saying anyone can join. So they kind of pick up the slack in a little bit um so yeah uh but then there's also things like cities of destiny feasts and festivals famous gardens of the world monsters and metamorphoses that i think would have been cool that's Um, sick as fuck that sounds like the next godzilla movie right right uh the another one that i thought was cool was fabled isles so like isles from fantasy stories uh or visions of valhalla which again you're back in norse mythology but that was in 1974 um there is also uh they skip a few parades from 79 to 92 but again other the proteus takes over some of those parades as well um but that's kind of the themes and stuff that we have that's why now as it's become a more commercialized tourist destination, Proteus still is heavily involved. Uh, Komu still has their ball, but the Shrove Tuesday or Mardi Gras um, 
parades usually are multiple crews working together. Um, and then the smaller crews have parades throughout the week. I did not realize that there were Mardi Gras parades starting from January 6th until Tuesday, this yeah. coming Tuesday. And so there was parades every day I was there, every single day. That the January yeah. 6th one, it doesn't start in the French Quarter. It actually starts just outside the Capitol. Boo! Right? <laughs> <laughs> that one, if I'm not mistaken, was also themed the Aryan race. Am I yeah, correct? Yeah, that, that was themed the Aryan race. Um, yes. Um, and also, uh, like, scenes from Shakespeare. <laughs> like... <laughs> romantic legends lore and legends from childhood chaucer they did chaucer one time flights of fancy anyway uh there's also if you the the wikipedia page of this is actually really interesting because it can it includes a lot of pictures of both um the invitations to the parties which is really fascinating but also drawings of costumes and plans for floats um all the way back to the 1800s so it's one of the few wikipedia articles that is pretty good highly recommend taking a gander if you're curious uh another piece that they would almost always have that comes from alabama alabama has it every year there's some examples of new orleans having it uh but it's basically tableau. So it's them like a, a bunch of people posing as a still life painting, uh, which is very, very cool. So, yeah. And that's the, pretty that's cool. That's your, your stuff for, for this kind of short, fun catch up episode on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. And we hope you enjoyed it. Um, obviously, you know, we're recording this before the Super Bowl. So uh, let's just insert some of the stuff that happened. That was crazy that Travis yeah. Kelsey uh, fucking took the halftime show. He ran up and, and pushed Usher down and he sang that Taylor Swift song. Um, I thought that was fucking crazy. Um, it was wild when Taylor Swift grabbed that ref by the face and then sucked the life out of him to oh, make yeah. her power more powerful. Yeah. Like wild to actually watch that happen live. Yeah, I I thought it was kind of shitty that she parked her jet on the field. I thought that kind of yeah. sucked. Yeah, I did like it when Travis Kelsey like Kali mod that dude's heart out of his chest <laughs> as an offering to yeah. win the Super Bowl. That was pretty cool. Here's what's sad. Uh, I'm rooting for the Niners because I'm from the Bay. I don't know any of their names because I don't typically sport, but it is the appetizer holiday of the year. And so I am attending a party. Yeah, it is. You're right. It, the appetizer party of the year because literally all of the food that you're supposed to eat. Okay. The main food at one of the parties that I'm supposed to go to, like the if uh, what I would call the entree, is wings. Mm-hmm. The ultimate, like, you can make wings a meal, sure, but even if I normally ate wings, it's kind of like making a side a dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm making garlic artichoke dip, which I'm like really good at. But then I also found this pizza dip uh, recipe on TikTok, so I'm gonna try that too. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yeah, and we're we're wishing we're wishing the best of luck for Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, Bosa D's nuts, George Kittle, Chase Young, Brandon Trent Williams, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, that rocks as a name. Oh, this one I can't pronounce. Kyle just <laughs> Kyle just says <laughs> I don't know how to say that one. Mm. Dewan Jennings. Yeah, I don't know who any of these people are. Ooh, Jake Moody. I like your picture. Ooh, I'm uh, for the Niners. Yeah, here, hold on. Let me let me sh- let me show you Jake Purdy. Football player. <laughs> the one where he's pointing to his own back. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it. That <laughs> exact he, one. He's got he's got like a '70s porn stash. Um, gotta love it gotta love gotta it gotta love it gotta love it anyway thank you so much for joining us this has been so great hey if you want to see me i'm very easy to find you can go to at mondo does stuff uh on instagram twitter twitch tiktok all that good stuff um i've got a couple of shows coming up i forget the dates of which i'd like to remind you two bottles of wine last night mm-hmm. um so go to uh yeah go follow me and if you want to hear me on a different show 
listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast. It's a great time. And also go watch the stuff we make on Rooster Teeth. It's really fun. This stream is going to go up as a VOD. And um, it's pretty insane. It's pretty in insane, the stuff they let us get away with. Uh, I had I wrote an entire rap song called Do the Bat Squatch, in which we learned <laughs> Bat how Squatch to- Bat Squatch is my favorite mascot. Did he oh, stab yeah. somebody to death? Did Bat Squatch win? I will not reveal the ending, but Bat Squatch was one of the two mascots that was involved in the knife fight of to the death. Of course he was. Of course he was. And my partner told me, and I quote, if you kill off Bat Squatch, I will never forgive you. I agree. And I would like a stuffed Bat Squatch, please. Oh, he was stuffed with knives. Anyway, no! <laughs> go watch that. It'll come out soon on Rooster Teeth. Go follow me for more information about it. I love you so much. Good night. Good luck. Goodbye forever. Mwah. Hey, it's your girl Paige Wesley. And if you like my voice, you can hear it on Horror Virgin and Romancing the Pod and just screaming into the void uh <laughs> if you want to find out where i'll be uh i am roast battling january 22nd culver city california for the california cup uh you can find more details out about that on instagram that's at rampage wesley on instagram and tiktok or at page wesley on twitter for as long as that godforsaken app lasts <laughs> and if you uh if you want to follow us on instagram you can at cult podcast or on twitter at cult podcast show or you can uh send us an email to cult podcast show at gmail.com or if you want to send us a king cake you can send that to 3756 west avenue 40 sweet k number 237 like, like the, the shining. shining los angeles california 90065 I saw a king cake at H-E-B and I almost bought it. It looked like a big old donut. It basically is. It's it's kind of like a cinnamon roll in the shape of a donut. Yep. It's pretty fucking crazy to look at. And I wonder, they do not specify if there's a baby in it. There's always a baby in it. Yeah, but they don't specify on here that there's a baby in it. So I know for a matter of <laughs> You're fact. You're just going to choke to death on that baby. I know for a matter of fact, these fucking Texans are going to be buying it like, well, look at this big New Orleans donut. And they're going to take a huge bite of so a baby. They celebrate Mardi Gras in Texas as well. So I think they know there's a baby because Jake grew up with it. So I brought him back some king cake and then I'm going to try and make one and see if I can do better. And I think I can. I wonder, please, if you're from Texas, I'm willing to take this L and stand corrected. I don't think Austin people celebrate Mardi Gras. Probably because... not. It's probably an East Texas thing where Jake is from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These people are, uh, they're more desert than swamp. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway. It is kind of yeah. a swamp holiday. <laughs> it really is, though. It really is, though. It's something you really get into the moment you're near crocodile, alligator, or swamp monsters. Oh, I ate gator, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I ate gator and oysters. I was trying to eat as many animals as possible to have dominion over them, so I now have dominion <laughs> over all of the oysters. You the swamp queen. You the swamp, swamp queen. queen. Oh, my God. All right. Well, fuck. I guess don't eat more food than the re than us i guess don't eat more animals we're trying to con we're trying to keep that leaderboard i was trying to have turtle soup at brennan's but work had a price fix menu and so i couldn't also get dominion over the turtles i'm working on it yeah we'll show working those fucking it. turtles who's boss that's fucking right you think you got a shell not when i can consume you <laughs> anyway uh don't drink two hurricanes and then wander around <laughs> learning about ghosts uh, and don't drink the cur don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Unless turtle it has tequila in it. Turtle the perfect animal to make soup out of. It's its own bowl. It's its own bowl. Shouldn't <laughs> be walking around with a bowl on its back like that if you don't want to be soup. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>